in, guys, because it's time for the live finale of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Welcome. <laughs> you, you know, we, we had the opportunity to actually add in the door fully on the come on in thing, and we, we, we didn't. <laughs> we are here in my home, my wife and I's home, live... Uh, watching the finale of Survivor Season 33, Millennials vs. Gen X, which we have diligently been recapping, rewatching, and reacting to all season long. And folks, it's come to an end today. This journey that we've all taken together. I know that I've grown. It's, <laughs> uh, it's been a, a deeply impactful experience in my life, and it's sad to see it come to a close, but... You know, all good things must end. Tonight, <laughs> we will be <laughs> not necessarily re-watching, but watching for the first time the finale of Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X, titled... I'm going for a million bucks. <laughs> uh, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-hosts and some special guests... Um, as we put tie a bow on this season, um, and we'll we'll reintroduce you to our co-hosts and also give you an update on the scoring as we go. Um, currently in first place by a measly ten points with six hundred and fifty-five is Adams Apple Squares represented and led by Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. So glad to be here. So glad to be in the lead. Feels good. The uh, Survivor Outwatch participation trophy is here in the basement that the winner of this season will receive. Um, it's quite the hardware. It's quite the hardware. <laughs> How big is it? Sammy, you want to get there? Yeah, yeah, you're well beyond it. <laughs> um, here's the opening question I'll give you is, do your best to predict, what do you expect to happen it can be about, it doesn't necessarily have to be the winner. What's something that you think is going to happen in these two hours of Survivor that we've got left on the table? I think we are going to see Ken waste an advantage. Okay. Okay, he does still have that legacy advantage. Yep. Okay. Uh, apparently after you haven't eaten for 39 days, <laughs> you waste advantages, Jeff. All right, uh, in second place, again, only 10 points behind, uh, within striking distance, 645 points, is Emily's Avocado No Toast Tribe. Welcome to Hello. Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Uh, what's something that you expect to happen tonight? Uh, I expect to see Jeff uh, travel over land and sea. But if I don't see that, because this is a, a later season, uh -huh. so I don't know if he's trying to be classier. Yeah. Or more modern, but uh -huh. I'm really hoping to see some kind of unique travel situation. <laughs> we we do um, in just starting the episode see that he's on the set of NBC's yeah, The Office. Is he, like, so. is he like on a razor scooter? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. He's just gonna time jump. <laughs> <laughs> he's it's gonna cut to uh, Jim Halpert just looking at the camera and shaking his head. Uh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we we did see the zenith of. Dopey Jeff travel finale sequences in the Amazon last time. That's as good as it gets, unfortunately. Aww. So it's only downhill for <laughs> um, Scott is in third place in the scores, a 
surmountable, though statistically unlikely, um, <laughs> deficit of 115 <laughs> points in the finale night. Yep. There, but there is a chance. There, uh, there is. Welcome to Avalanche, Scott. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> what's something that you think is going to happen tonight? So, bold take. We have the... So it's the spirit of election season when we're recording this. Of course. I yes. think the in-person fantasy survivor points are accounted for. Now the mail-in votes can be counted. <laughs> <laughs> and it's late in my way. Right, so... Have them been postmarked right today? Because if not... <laughs> we'll see. I think there's going to be some drama before it's all said and done. That's all I know. Yeah, maybe Ken may um, uh, dispute the election at the end of the Apparently, uh... <laughs> uh, Also here, special guests, Whitney and Jen. Welcome to Outwatch. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Whitney, what's something you expect to happen tonight? I haven't watched a single episode, so I'm just... Your guess is as good as ours. Yes, right. You expect season one win Survivor, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. safe bet, Jen? Uh, I think I'll make some brownies. Welcome to the podcast. We're recording here every week. (laughs) (laughs) So just a quick recap. That's where we're at fantasy-wise. We're on the finale episode of this season. A quick recap of what we've seen this season. We started with two tribes split by their generation. We've got millennials and Gen X, the titular millennials and the Gen X. Um, Early on, the uh, millennials had a bit of an advantage as far as the momentum went, but then shortly afterwards we saw a string of the cool hit millennials get taken out one by one. At the merge, um, we had early on a 5-5 split vote, uh, a double tie resulting in the rocking out of Jess, followed by the taking out of major power player Zeke, and then Will and Sunday following suit. And now we're left with a hefty six people left on finale night, all of which, like we've said, if you've been listening along, have like a pretty legitimate chance between, we've got Jay, Brett, David, Hannah, Ken, Adam, and all of them are uh, looking to cement a victory tonight. Um, One of the big storylines recently has been the... Well, it was the dynamic between Zeke and David kind of going after one another as the two power players. Zeke fell first, and David's still in the game, though seen as a major threat by a lot of people. Jay has snuck through a lot of votes as the remaining member of the cool millennials group who's hanging on. Uh, And then Adam and Ken and Hannah and David have worked well together for the last um, little bit as well, so we'll see how things fall and who may turn on whom. So of of who's left, yeah. what are their stats looking like? As far as score? Yeah, yeah. Can we make a prediction off of that? Sure. Yeah, right now going into finale night, Scott has Ken and Hannah on his tribe. Ken's racked up 150 points, Hannah's racked up 140. Adam has Adam and David, Adam with 185, David with 175, and on the Avocado No Toast tribe, Jay's racked up 180, and Brett has pulled 130. So, um, Brett's the dark horse. (laughs) Brett definitely has the lowest total to this point, followed by Hannah and Ken. And then our top scorers are David, Jay, and Adam. I wonder how Hannah and Ken compare if we take out the idol plays, though. Yeah. 
Because, yeah. like, they're right in it with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that maybe I should nerf idols next season. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> because they're probably <laughs> So the way that the live finales work, if you haven't been a part of one with us before, is that we are watching the episode here together live, and in commercial breaks, we will pause the episode, as one does, and As talk one about does when they don't saw. have enough support to get rid of those ads on CBS All Access. That's right, Emily. Thank you for bringing that up, because listener support is open for Outwatch, the Survivor Rewatch podcast. You can... Pitch some cash our way to help us not have to watch ads and rethink our whole um, live finale format. We can just pause it whenever we want. We don't yeah, have we won't have Colaguard talking to us in the background while we discuss strategy. I, for one, am excited to hear more about how a, a box can be shipped to my home, <laughs> which I can then poop in and send to Colaguard, and they can tell me if I have cancer. They can tell you if you should go to a doctor, is what they tell you. Well, I think we've seen the commercial enough to know how it works. It's not a replacement for a colonoscopy. The commercial is also working, though. Every time I see it, I wonder, like, should I try this? <laughs> do I need this? Put that on my list of things. <laughs> so there's a lot of Survivor to get through tonight. Um, two hours worth, plus, you know, the live finale show, which we traditionally skip. We'll see how we're feeling. Um, and by the end of the night, we will have crowned the winner of Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X and the winner of Outwatch Season 4 Fantasy Survivor. Shall we get to the episode? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we just watched the first bit of the finale episode, jam-packed with content. We had, um, among other things, uh, David makes a fake immunity... Hidden Immunity Idol, which Jay stumbles upon and gets thinking that it is real. And then we've got the Immunity Slash Reward Challenge, which Jay has a commanding lead, fails to cover up his puzzle. Jeff would have you believe that's why he loses. <laughs> David does win, but then Jay turns around and uses that reward seal that he got from Adam a few episodes ago to steal the reward portion of the challenge, which is steak. Uh, and then Jay brings Adam and David along with. Um, lots of things happen in this first bit of the episode. Let's start with the the fake hidden immunity idol scene. Um, I think is this is the first time that we've seen somebody make a hidden immunity idol, a fake hidden immunity idol, right? Yeah. I think be, so, yeah. yeah. You're saying that like it's a thing, though. <laughs> it happens a few times. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was your take on this? This is something that's new in our Survivor viewership. Was this uh, surprising to you? Uh, interesting? What was the reaction to the fake Im immunity idol? I thought it was cool. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a fun strategy. The, especially, I mean, David put a lot of work into it. Like, it looked like a good immunity idol. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can totally see how that was convincing. Um, well, and Jay took it, and he's had one before, so it's yeah. not like he doesn't know what to look for. So yeah. apparently it was believable enough for him. Yeah, I was going to say, I was kind of surprised that it actually, like, that he, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did put it, like, right on the path. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I was, Jay bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it really was like the perfect catch in that <laughs> Jay is like his intended target, but also like it seems like Jay's the kind of guy who, when finding something like that, is is not gonna think about like oh wait could, like this seems all too like yeah, too good desperate. to be true yeah right he's just like, gonna buy it yeah I would say what I said there the the desperation component of it I'm sure feeds into that yeah. and you know you're 36 days hungry apparently <laughs> after 36 <laughs> days <laughs> you can't determine a fake immunity <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah and then the like storytelling of course surrounding this right there's like the back and forth confessionals where David's like, I think Jay saw it. And then Jay's like, these idiots didn't even yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was really going in on him. I was like, Jay, stop. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to set up this really cringy tribal sequence yeah. for me watching it. I'm just like... I don't yeah. know. I'm both looking forward to it and not looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be dramatic. It is yeah. going to be dramatic. Like, Especially, I was just thinking, like, how could this explode? And I think it'd be so interesting if he tried to, like, play it on someone else and, mm. like, got someone in on his plan. And I don't know. Like, mm. how he could draw other people in and have them believe yeah. that he had it, too. Yeah, I'm curious what... Because he, he, he chose Adam and David for the reward. Mm -hmm. And so I am curious if he brings up the fact that he, like, has this idol. So, mm -hmm. you know, this round you can't vote me out. So mm -hmm. what do we do? And then, you know, I'm assuming Adam will believe it, but David obviously knows. Yeah. So yeah. it is it is going to be an interesting potential power play that he tries to make here. Yeah. Yeah, the... So having... It, like, unless... Jay is able to, like, convince people that he, like, really has an idol. Like, this feels like about as sitting duck as you can be in Survivor, right? To ha to believe that you are safe, but actually not be safe. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and for someone else to know that you're actually not safe. Right? Yeah. Because you're going in being like, it's fine, I'll get votes, I'll just block them. And someone else is so going, no, <laughs> they can't. We can put all the votes on him and he has nothing to do with right. it, you know? Um, another thing that happens that I failed to mention in our short recap is Ken um, unwraps his legacy advantage, which effectively is an idol for him at the coming tribal as well. So um, Ken, assuming he plays it effectively <laughs> by plays completing it. the handing it off to Jeff, is also immune at this coming tribal. Well, I get some dope fantasy points for that. Oh, good question. Does no. Ken get points for having the legacy advantage? Well, you had it gifted to him, right? Not that it matters because mm -hmm. of how far behind I am. Did we give it? Did we give points to Jess in the season opener for finding it? No, because no. she got it like in episode one. Yeah. Um, Is I feel like, I feel like there was another. Requiring. I feel like there was something else that happened earlier this season where we were like, it might have been with Adam, where it's like he doesn't get the points for this because he didn't earn it. I think that had to do with rewards. Oh, so like yeah, you're right. That's what, we're, yeah, that's what we were talking about. I don't know. I would. I could see the case for him acquiring an advantage. I think we should get points, but... I'm very far in third place. I think Ken deserves Because it's basically an immunity idol, and he, yeah. he made yeah, but it's, this point. But it's like an immunity idol that somebody played on you. And we don't get points for someone mm. playing an immunity idol on you. 
this sets a precedent for the future. As of right now, it doesn't matter. Scott can I have think, points. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think this counts as acquire. The language is acquiring idol or an advantage. I believe that he acquired an advantage okay. by holding on to the legacy advantage on day thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. Because so he if he if he had given it to someone else, then we would have given them points. Yeah. So like saying. whenever the way it works is whenever you're voted out, you hand it off to someone. So whoever. Whoever was holding... Whoever actually gets to use the advantage right. gets yeah, points. I think that's fair. That makes okay. sense. Yeah. yeah. Whoever had it at the time that it became active is the yeah. acquiring it, I guess. That's fair. Uh, the challenge was an interesting one. Um, the main storyline of it, of course, is, like we mentioned, there's a combination lock sequence where then there's this little cover that you're supposed to cover up your answer with so nobody sees what you've put and Jay finishes that part first and doesn't cover it and so everybody just goes over and like looks off of his thing. Um, how big of a slip up do we think this is for Jay? Did did this cost him the challenge or is it um, maybe not as big of a deal? Uh, we know that Jeff thought it was a big deal. <laughs> Jeff thought it was a huge deal. Jeff brought listeners, Jeff brought this up ten times. Like it was Honestly, laughable at the end. Yeah. It was like, Jay, falling behind because he's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All because he didn't cover up his puzzle. Yeah. Again, he was getting the puzzle together. Was he was say, very close, and I honestly think he could have won it. The, the, the fact that the person who won was the last person to get to the puzzle, mm. I think it was. It was him and Adam mm -hmm. were the last two. So basically the last person who gets to the puzzle winning means that he did have a big advantage by not... By not screwing up and doing that. Sure. You know, but like also the amount of time it took David to actually unravel that, what the actual thing was, having the answer right next to him, mm -hmm. he might, it might not have been a real lead. Yeah. So. Yeah. It may have I, taken him just as long as it Right. I, you know. This is, how hard would it have been to put four different combinations? There I thought six, that's yeah. what they did. There are six possible combinations with, yeah. I mean, or I guess there, there are six people there. There are six possible combinations. Give everyone a different one. How hard sure. would that be? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, the, the odds are the same. There's not like a, a you know, a fairness issue with that. Like, yeah. it's, you have a one in six shot. And Interesting. But do you think that they did that for this opportunity for someone to slip up and other yeah. people cheat? That just felt hmm. like... That's that doesn't possible. usually happen. I don't notice people being able to mm -hmm. cheat off of each other in challenges, so that felt very strange. Yeah. yeah. There's also, I guess, I don't know, I spent a lot of time on YouTube. Um, <laughs> don't we all? I know, <laughs> I know that, like, there, there have been, like, a lot of issues of game shows getting sued because, like, someone on there is cheating. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, like, how tight that, like, regulation actually is, or if there's this, like... You know, because not everyone was playing the exact same game, it's not technically fair, even if the odds are the same, you know? I, like, I wonder how much that feeds into, you know, government regulation. So we should vote libertarian, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that Jeff uh, put that mechanism in there, and he's, like, pissed that it wasn't used. <laughs> like, it was his idea to have it covered up, and he's like, why are you using... Yeah. My very good cover. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot, listen, Jay. Listen, there were no blankets on top of this before, and now there are because of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, going into the rest of this episode, then, um, Jay is vulnerable. He thinks he's safe. David has immunity. Ken has an immunity um, with his legacy advantage. Does... 
it do we think there's a way out of this for Jay, or does it look like his time um, is up? Emily Jay is, of course, on your tribe. What do you think about his chances here? I'm so sad he fell for that. I'm just trying to think what... I mean, are we thinking that Jay was the next target anyway? Well, what we hear, at least at the beginning, is Brett talking about how big of a threat David is and yeah. that he's going to like beat everyone, right? But he's obviously off the table mm-hmm. since he won the challenge. Well, Brett, Brett was talking about David and Jay. Right. Like, Jay was secondary for sure. So, and, and we know that pretty much everyone else on the tribe is tight. Like, the fact that Jay's just out there all by himself thinking he's safe mm-hmm. when he's not. Yeah. It's tough. I feel like his only way out would be if he wasn't... It looks like he's going to try to work with David. Mm-hmm. So if he literally worked with anyone else, he might have a chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah. David already knows that he's lying. So. Well, yeah, and that's like, can... I'm trying to figure out how to use this advantage that's not just you're safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there should be some way that you could get an ally to basically target you so you can take out whoever you wanted. Interesting. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, say, so like, hey, rally the votes on me. Right. And then... But, but that only works if you are in the minority. Yeah. And if you're in the minority, you're already, you know... It's already a problem, and then also, like, everyone... It, like, Ken won't go against anybody besides maybe Brett. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's... There's really nothing he can do with that besides he's safe tonight, so no yeah. one can target him. Because we know how much Ken cares about loyalty <laughs> and honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Shall we carry on? Yes. Let us continue. Alrighty, what a thrilling tribal council. We just watched the first of a few tribal councils of this episode, uh, and the portion, of course, leading up to it where Jay makes his case. We've got some scrambling. We've got Adam making a decision, which ultimately it was, you know, a unanimous one. But we get to tribal council. Jay pulls out the idol, and it's not a hidden immunity idol. All votes for Jay count. And Jay goes down five to one. Also, Ken has his legacy advantage, which he plays and blocks one whole vote. So good on you, Ken. You played it after a dramatic lifting the leg up onto the fire pit to pull it out of his mm. boot. It was cool. Apparently, after 36 days, it's hard to cover a puzzle. <laughs> he did effectively say that. <laughs> uh, Jay. Our fallen warrior, one of the most entertaining players to watch this season, does go down having voted correctly in the merge a total of, I believe, one time. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Let me let me do the quick. He vote, no, he voted out his friend. Uh... The only time in the whole post-merge that he votes correctly is when he votes out Taylor. Yeah. That tracks. But that was like he knew... It was Taylor or Jay, uh-huh. so he was like, I'm just voting against... Which just adds to the legend of Jay. Yeah. It's like, somehow, he, you know, he's here in the final six, he's voted out because he's a major threat to win, having <laughs> been on the bottom the whole time, not voting correctly, but, you know, it's like... Well, he's got... He's mystique. Got, he's got the points to hang with, like, the top players in the game, yeah. though, right? Uh-huh. Like, he's not... 
Yeah, he's not just flailing around. Like, yep, he's he's there. He's just not in the right alliance. <laughs> Ends with 185 points. That's behind only David and Adam. Yeah, he wins challenges. He finds idols. He scrambles. Good player. Um, Emily, you're down to just Brett at this point. Um, having lost Jay, would you do the honors of um, eulogizing Jay's game for us? Yes. I think you all had a good intro just talking about his game, and he didn't rack up points the traditional way. He was definitely kind of a rogue player. Um I really enjoyed watching Jay throughout this game because he started out with, like, the cool kids. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, he seems pretty astute. I'm just curious why he's with this alliance. And then he lost that alliance. He lost everything that he had in the game. And he just kind of kept staying in the game until he reached a point where he became a legitimate threat, Mm -hmm. which is why he was voted out tonight. I think he... I really enjoyed seeing his growth to... like, his relationship with Adam, um, their love-hate relationship was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I think he was a really strong player, and he really was kind of nimble mm. until the point where he just couldn't make it work anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Jay is... I'm so disappointed that Jay hasn't played since this, because he's, like, one of my favorite, like, one-time players ever. Like, you see... He's like, he knows the game, right? He's not just like a pure recruit in that he like, you know, shows up, has never watched Survivor, is just like the athletic guy. He knows the game, but he's not like such a game bot that he doesn't take big swings and do things that are like, quote unquote, dumb game-wise, but they're fun to watch, right? And like this, this last Tribal Council is such, I think, like a... Like, in a nutshell, why Jay is so fun, right? He's got, like, so much swagger and, like, Mm -hmm. confidence, and it, like, all blows up in his face. But then he's, like, an incredibly good sport about it. He's like, oh, you guys got me. Wow. Snuff my torch, Jeffrey. Yeah, he said that. I was like, I'm calling Jeff Jeffrey for the rest of the time. I love it. He just, like, he really sees it as a game. Yeah. Like, he he doesn't take it personally. He, He knows, like... No one's really out to get him personally. It's just like, it's a game. It's how it's played. He's having a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Hate to lose, Jay. I, I wonder, in a, like, imagine a world where he does make it to the final three, what his chances are, right? Like, this is a thing I've wondered about before, because he is, like, clearly pretty well-liked, I think. I don't think a lot of people dislike him. And he now has the title of threat, whether or not his, like, actual resume you would look at and say like that's a survivor winner or not is he's at least like thought of as one right so i like i wonder how well he does in front of a jury at this point and he'll never know he's he's kind of a threat because he made it so far in our last episode that we recorded i really got that in my head i was like oh my gosh jay could win this because if he gets to the final he can say to everybody like i should have been out half a season ago but i made it to this point and that's very compelling yeah, the, like, scrappy underdog story yeah. is definitely, like, a, a votable one. Yeah. Well, and, and him and Brett trying to push off that, like, no, you have more friends on the jury thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Jay has so many friends on that jury, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, they both certainly do. It's like different groups. There's some overlap there, but they both are clearly well-liked. So we lose Jay. Um, let's see, what else happens in that that's worth talking about? Um, Ken pulls out the legacy advantage. Jessica's reaction to that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she didn't know. I mean, she had that advantage this whole time, but she didn't know what it was because she couldn't open it. Right. So not only did she have to leave the game through rocks, which is the worst way yeah. to leave, but then she she was just like in disbelief and they cut to a, a scene and she said, I hate this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like she was basically out of the game by chance. Yeah. yeah. Not even basically. Like she was not out of the game because happened. of chance. Like no one was really targeting her. Even though she was really good in challenges and, like, really social, she, like, she should have been sitting there at that moment pulling out that legacy advantage instead of Ken mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. It just, like, man, yeah, that sucked to watch. Definitely another person I'd like to see play sometime if yeah. we get more survivors someday. Hopefully we do. Um, <laughs> someday. Yeah. So if they ever count the election. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? They need to get Jeff Probst in there to yeah. count the votes. <laughs> I don't know, man. He can make a vote count last for a very long That's time. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, you want to see your name. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's just like sitting in a, a Nebraska polling station. Joe. <laughs> One vote, Joe. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> one vote Joe, one vote Donald. <laughs> <laughs> 1,387,000. <laughs> oh, fun times. Um, let's do a quick check-in points-wise. Emily, not a great um, portion of the episode for your squad here, losing Jay. Um, on the other hand, both Scott and Adam's tribe get big boosts. Um, Ken pulling in 15 points for that legacy advantage. Adam had the winner of the immunity slash reward challenge. So now our totals are as such. Scott is sitting at 575. Emily is sitting at 660. And Adam has pulled a little bit further ahead with 690 um, coming into the home stretch. 30 points up. 30 points up. Um, And one tribe member (laughs) up (laughs) as well. Um, yeah, but her tribe member has a lot of friends on the cheering. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Any um, thoughts about where we may be heading next before we hit play? I, I feel like I'm curious who goes out next. I'd be curious who you guys think goes out next. Because Jay was the obvious target here, right? For sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like David is next. Mm-hmm. If depending on who wins. That's my call my shot. The thing with with David that is is ramping up to now, right, is this and this is like what the story will be, right? Is this conflict between David is clearly a big threat to win and David has like more loyal allies in the game left. That's true. He does have a lot of people with right? him. And so, like, when well, rubber meets the road, are they going to stick with him? Or are they going right. to betray Cause him? Because I, I think I think Adam would flip on him. Yeah, Rex obviously yeah. against yeah. him. Yeah. Ken's not. 
Mm-hmm. So the question is Hannah. Yeah. Which also means and that Hannah's gone to bat for him a lot too. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing is, will Hannah go against him? Yeah. Seems unlikely, but also this is kind of their last shot. I was going to say, yeah. it's not like she has a lot of other options yeah. right now. I think Hannah knows the game enough to know that like, if you're going to take him out, like this is, this a, is it. Yeah. Time. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Do you have Emily prediction of who's going next? No, I'm fine with that thought process. David. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested to yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to see happen. I feel like that's that's the most interesting thing. Yeah. Well, let's see we'll if see. that does indeed happen. Okay, I have broken the rules of our live finale viewership and paused this not on a commercial break. We're right before the second tribal council. I almost said the tribal council where player gets voted out, and that would have been... <laughs> A a terrible. That's like that. that's like the weirdest Jeopardy way yeah. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and before that happens, I'd love for us to recap and talk about where we're at. So, the immunity challenge happens. Um, Ken wins this one. Not a participation trophy. It's a real immunity, and we'll have a a real participation trophy for the winner tonight. And then we get back to camp. Adam finds an idol here at the twilight of the time in which one can find an idol. Um, And then he tells Hannah this. Um, Long story short, David's gunning for Adam. Adam's now gunning for for David. And Hannah has all the information. She knows about Adam's idol. She knows that Dave's voting for Adam. And uh, basically she gets to make the call regarding what happens tonight based on how she shares her information. So um, let's first talk about Adam finding this idol. Uh, I think we're all under the impression that like, and it seems like the players were too, that like idols are kind of out of the picture now. Um, Adam, when Adam found the idol, <laughs> were, uh, what'd you think? I said this in the moment, but I couldn't believe there wasn't a gigantic like pink splotch on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, that was how David, Marked his and right. put it right offside the trail there. This one was not by the trail either. Yeah, so, on a beach. But on day thirty-six, anything could happen. That's right. <laughs> it does. I feel like every time somebody has found an idol in this game, it has felt like not real. Yeah. Sure. Like in a way, like I'm sure it was a hard effort to find that thing, yeah. but like because there's no clues, because there's nothing to like decipher. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're supposed to believe that Adam just happened to stumble across this idol that was hiding underneath this, like, driftwood. That, like, yeah. No. You know, which, th- there's no way to cut that to make me believe it. Like, <laughs> even if it, like, I'm sure it happens, but. I just, yeah, because when they do that, I just imagine, okay, so you're on this beach, and it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you have, like, a designated campsite, but mm-hmm. it's a huge piece of land. Yeah. And there's tons of trees and brush, and you just happened upon it, like. It, yeah. That's how it feels every time is they yeah. just like, oh, there it is. Yeah, but just, I, yeah. I wonder if they um, put them on, like, if they have specific walking paths that they always use or something, and maybe they're always off of those or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was going to say, like, they just cut it like, I'm just going to go find an idol, and then yeah. they go find the yes. idol. Yeah. Like, it's just, I'm yeah. sure, like, it may not happen like that, but it just makes how they make it seem. I think the reality is that footage of people looking for idols isn't very, like, interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like... It definitely feels that way, and I think it is because, like, when we see somebody looking for an idol, it's probably because they find one. 
And there's probably tons of instances of people looking for idols who don't find them. And when they do find them, it's probably likely that they've been looking for, like, hours, right? Right. But we get a 30-second cut, right? It's a a waste of tape that shows a bunch of people looking for idols that don't find anything. So, like, I I fully believe that they do find it. It's, It's like, like, real, though. It's, like, a criticism of storytelling of this. I just, I think that's an argument for why... Because this is the first time we've had a... This is, like, the biggest... I was going to say the biggest use of idols. Kagayan might have been bigger. But, like, it, it's, like, the first real use of idols where you had to find them just searching the jungle, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess Kagayan was that way, too. But it just, like, because no one ever found one besides Tony, I guess it didn't feel quite as ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, it's we got I, one. Yeah. Who did get one Sonic the Hedgehog style? But I guess, no, because they had clues for almost all of them, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think it's an argument for why there should be like the clues that lead to it or like something else about it. Yeah. Like I'm inclined yeah. to agree with that. Like idols definitely make exciting TV, right? But like yeah, it, it's gotten to the point. And and we've talked about this too, but like the snowballing nature of it, like this late in the game, it's going to be infinitely it's going to be a lot easier for somebody like Adam or David who's found these before to find another one because right. they know what they look like, yeah, where to look, etc. So Adam finds the idol and then basically, like like we said, what happens here is, is Dave kind of approaches everyone else and is like, hey, what about instead of Brett we go for Adam, um, mostly because Adam is has his sights on David. Um, it, initially, it seemed like the easy vote was Brett, right? But this has shifted. Um, Scott, were you surprised by the first blow of this being like David trying to shift the target off of Brett on to Adam, who he's worked with pretty closely? Um, not really. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like it's getting down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at this point, it's like trying to maneuver your way into being like, like set yourself up to win, basically. So yeah. at this point, like, I feel like alliances are not out of the window, but mm-hmm. you're kind of getting close to being every man for himself, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like super shocked, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think the like the primary argument is that they talk a lot about like challenge, you know, things like throwing a wrench in the plan, right? They like say really clearly, um, Ken and Hannah and David are like, all right, we're final three, right? And so. The decision to target Adam over uh, Brett seems to be to give themselves the best chance of one of them winning the challenge coming up, right? And so then, like, the next thing that happens is Adam telling Brett and Hannah about his idol. Um, What, like, we've talked a lot about, like, when people, you know, spill the beans on the idol and how it blows up. Um, we were reacting pretty hard when that was happening. Do you want to share your opinions on his sharing of information? Adam, dude, so Adam just can't keep big plays to himself. No. <laughs> like, he just can't do it. Like, he's, he's so excited that he's making the big plays that he needs right. to tell everyone. He needs to tell everyone. He has to make sure everyone's aware that, like, I'm about to make a big play. Yeah. Like, it's just, because this is so similar to when... He was trying to play both sides of, like, Taylor and Jay's alliance yeah. and David and Hannah's alliance and, and what, whatever his name was. Um, why can't I think of his name? The guy that David was really up against is, like, the threat in the game. Zeke. Zeke, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Adam just has this thing about him where, like, I don't know, maybe he's too trusting. In, in this case, it might be too trusting. Maybe he just thinks that, like, yeah, Hannah's on my side, so, like, it doesn't matter that, you know, whatever. But, like, also, you have the numbers if she's on your side, so. Right. Yeah. It's, like, weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's like he underestimates her loyalty to him, or overestimates his loyalty to him, and underestimates <clears throat> her loyalty to David, it seems mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, Hannah says it, that, like, she's basically in, like, the decision-making spot for this based on how she shares this information. And so we've got to pause right before Tribal here um, because we're kind of, again, hit with this classic survivor. What's going to happen? Is it going to be option A or option B? Um, Yeah, Emily, what do you think about what's going to happen at this Tribal um, where the votes are going to land? I honestly don't have a clue. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of the scenarios. So Adam wants everyone to vote for him and then whoever he votes for will go out and he wants that to be David. David. David thinks everyone's voting for Adam, mm-hmm. but Hannah knows everything. But what does she want? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. This, this whole thing just hinges on whether Hannah wants David to stay in the game or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's like a really interesting question. And again, it's down to that thing we talked about with David, right? Like, will his status as clear threat outweigh her his like relationship and alliance with Hannah at this point, right? Like, that's kind of where it boils down. I mean, it's either David or Brett, though. Basically is what it comes down to. Right, because Adam's going to play his idol and he's mm-hmm. safe. Right. And uh, Ken won immunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hannah's not... No one needed a child in block because everyone seems to underestimate her. Hannah, whatever we need reason. to talk more about Hannah. We really do. So freaking good. Yeah. She's like never, throughout this episode, she hasn't been in the background. Yeah. But she's, I mean, she knows everything about what's going to happen tonight. Yeah. She's yeah. in a powerful seat. She's very savvy. Yeah. I would say the, the like one mistake that she made this entire game was when Zeke tried to get her to vote for David and she pushed back on it, mm-hmm. which like would have been so easy to avoid, but that is like literally the only, only mistake that she has made this whole game. Yeah. Like she has played this perfectly. And yeah, because she's not like loud, we definitely don't talk about her as much. Yeah. I yeah, have been in this rewatch very, like, impressed with Hannah. Like, I, I remember, you know, from the first experience watching this that, like, yeah, Hannah is, like, a really good player, but I think it, like, comes through so much more this second time of, like, catching these, like, little things, right, that, like, um, maybe I, like, didn't, I don't know, fully, like, take in the first watch, right? Yeah, she's, like, a, a really smart player. Well, they, they talk about Zeke when he's in the game. Brett, or somebody does, says that, like, he's always talking to people. He knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he's always talking and always knows what hap- is happening. And that is exactly what Hannah has done. Yeah, like, true. she has a relationship with every person. She knows exactly what's happening. But no one expects her to be, like, devious or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no one comes at her. Yeah. yeah. And it's just... Like, she is in such a good spot, mm-hmm. like, and played so subtly that, like, there is, 
Like, we don't talk about it. And there is a, like, potential hard sell to the jury because they didn't realize it in the moment. And now they are like, I don't know if I believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only there was a way to, like, quantify social game. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, for fantasy points. Honestly. Yeah. Then, yeah, then Scott really, might have a I shot might have at a this. chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way you quantify it is, like, continuing to be in the game. Yeah, sure. you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you don't get points like you would do an idol or yeah. winning an immunity. All right, well, let's hit play here and see how Tribal Council shakes out, and we'll check back in after that. Big Tribal Council. Uh, the speculation doesn't have to be speculation anymore. Adam plays his idol, but blocks no votes because. Turns out Hannah is siding with David, and they vote out Brett. Three votes on Brett, two on Dave, and Dave sneaks by again, is now in the final four with Brett's parting words. He says, congratulations, David. You just won a million dollars. Emily, the final member of your tribe, unfortunately, has been extinguished. Uh, give us your eulogy for Brett's game. Avocado. No players. <laughs> Sad day. Brett was great. He, I wasn't sure about him to begin with. Didn't I trade him? No, you no, traded no, no. Chris. You traded Chris. But, but I got him. You got Will. You got Will. I got Will. Yeah. Fine. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, he could be a great player. He could be a snoozer. And I think he definitely played under the radar. Um, but, I mean, he he was in the game for a long time. Like, whatever he was doing, it worked for him for a lot longer than probably I thought. And he was a very great guy. Like, yeah. we saw lots of really um, kind moments from him um, where he was, like, really connecting with other people and just treating them very kindly which was really nice to see. Um, and I think he even mentioned, too, at the end of this one, just how much Survivor has meant to him personally and how he's grown. Um, he's definitely salty, um, so I'll be interested to see how he votes in the final. Um, but I don't know. I think he was a good player. I don't think he ever really found his footing, I guess. He never really was someone who was controlling the game, which, you know, you don't have to be that person, but I don't think he was really able to make that position work for him either. Yep. Yeah, the, I think, largest part of this um, has to do with ultimately what was um, Hannah's decision, it seems, to keep David in the game as opposed to Brett, right? And, Mm -hmm. like, it's been a major story for a while now that like David is perceived as a large threat. Here he is now at the final four and everybody who's left with the exception of Adam, who's been working pretty hard to get him out is, has pretty much allowed him to get there. Right. Do you, um, yeah. What do we think about David's road here to the end now? Um, Adam, would you say that like that Brett's assessment is accurate that he is like, got a, a clear path here to a million dollars, or do you think it's more complicated than that? I I mean, anything can happen in the voting. Um, I don't think that... I don't know, because Ken is so loyal to him. But at the same time, I think 
I, I think if David gets in front of the jury, he wins a million dollars. Like, I think Adam's right in that regard. So the question comes down to, do they vote him out before that point? In order to do that, they need Ken on their side. Otherwise, he just wind up with a tie. Sure. So the question is, does Ken value his loyalty to him enough to basically walk, let him walk away with a million dollars? Or does Ken say, you know, like, I've been loyal this whole time, and it is time that we got rid of this player so that way I can win a million dollars? You know, so I, I, I don't know. It's It really just comes down to that. <laughs> and I, I just, yeah. Yeah, we talked kind of like jokingly previously about how Ken is like the the new school version of Matthew Von Erdfelda from the Amazon. And now, very similarly, again, he's in this same kind of spot that we saw last season, right? Where Matthew had the choice, uh, is he going to like vote out Rob and go to the end with a better chance to win? Or is he going to take Rob to the end and like lose to him, right? And right. you see Matthew vote out Rob, and then ultimately still lose in the end. Um, but it, it makes that comparison like ring even more true, is that it looks like, it's likely that we may have that same situation for Ken here. Um, before we move on, quick fantasy update. Emily, I hate hate to report this news, but you, you can no longer earn any more points. <laughs> so you've uh, maxed out at 660. Uh, so close. Big, another couple of uh, strong showings from both Scott and Adam's tribes, though. Scott is now up to 600 points after an immunity win from Ken, and Adam's up to 720. That's a 60-point lead and an 120-point lead over the over Scott. Can I legacy advantage my points to Scott? <laughs> <laughs> if you have this advantage in the finale, you get 100. <laughs> um, all right, let's... You won last time. Why am I being targeted? Because I'm just salty. I, I You're think next, next season, Emily and I will take on Adam. <laughs> <laughs> your points. I am upset. Like, where's your tie-dye? Yeah, I really, I, yeah, I didn't wear it this time. I haven't worn it the last you few haven't. times you've recorded. It is I think it's getting colder outside. Yeah, it's just cold outside, y'all. And I think I've seen you wear it over a long sleeve shirt. Before. I probably have, for <laughs> sure. Just, <laughs> the thing is, I usually forget about it, and then we start recording, and I'm like, oh, where's, this, yeah, where's the thing? Yeah, we should have brought the llama and the shirt. Yeah, should have brought crown. I should have brought my crown. You should have brought yeah, the crown, for sure. It's still on our mantle, yeah. Where it belongs. Alright, let's keep this going. I uh, forgot to mention, fun fact. If you recall, um, when Michaela was voted out, the four people who voted for Michaela were the following. Uh, Brett, Jay, Sunday, and Will, who were the last four remaining members of your tribe who are all eliminated... Like, back to back to back to back. Well, that's where we were eliminated, yeah. yeah. They huh. were, those four people voted together against I, Michaela and were later success successively eliminated. I, uh, I can't believe... Michaela's revenge. I can't believe most of your team was made up by the people who eliminated Michaela. I know, that's pretty crazy. It's because, it's because all your team was on the same team, so it was, like, inevitable. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> all right, now we'll for real carry on. And we're back after just watching the third Tribal Council of this episode, where in stunning fashion, 
David's longtime ally from day one, Ken, turns on him, eliminating David, making him uh, fall just shy of reaching final tribal. Um, before that, we've got a thrilling immunity challenge that Ken just barely beats Hannah in, um, and some really interesting and stirring arguments made at camp and at tribal council before the vote. Lots to unpack, um, but first, we shouldn't bury the lead from this segment. David, who's been one of the uh, stars of the whole season, one of, if not the star of the season, um, is eliminated. And Adam, that means that your namesake, Adam, is the lone member of your tribe. Uh, that's that's why it was Adam's apple square from the beginning. That's right. I knew Adam was going to be the only one left. <laughs> uh, let's talk about David's game. Would you care to give us the synopsis and eulogy of his time on Survivor? Yeah, I mean, the, the story of David is that he came in scared of everything, and everyone thought that he wasn't going to make it, and became the biggest threat in the game. I mean, there, the argument is that like he was also up against Zeke, who in his own season probably would have been the biggest threat in the game, but came up against David, who turned out to be a bigger threat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Came down to a rock draw, I guess that may not be fair. <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, David just became the best like social player in the game. Everyone, the, the people that he surrounded himself with trusted him implicitly. He understood where, where to strike, when to strike. He won a few individual immunities, at least one. Um, won a reward or at least went on a few rewards like he just I mean he played a very well-rounded game ultimately which I never would have suspected early on although I did choose him like he was my third pick uh he was your third pick yeah I think I chose him because he was one of those people that I thought it's like high risk high reward like he's either gonna go soon or he's gonna go far in the game yes He just went far in the game. Yeah, you got a lot of value out of that pick. (laughs) I did. Yeah, I think that David, you know, we talked about this, but he is, like, one of, if not the face of the season, even though he doesn't win, right? Like, he joins a, a list of players in Survivor history who are, like, the best players on a season who don't win, quote, unquote, right? Like, obviously, that's very subjective, right? But... We watched Amazon last time. Rob Sister Nino is like a clear example of this, right? Like the strongest quote, yeah, the on paper player who played the best game, who falls just short, who is quote unquote robbed, right? Um, is that where that comes from? From Rob Sister Nino? Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to look into the etymology and origin of that. <laughs> but yeah, David's like somebody that I think a lot of people who watch this season would say that David should have won or deserved to win. This season because of all those reasons that you mentioned but that's you know what makes survivor survivors that uh the best player is the player who wins and that can happen in a myriad of ways so it's not in the cards for david this time um let's talk about that immunity challenge which adam again you said was the best <laughs> challenge of the season yeah uh i I thought it was, in terms of, like, we, we've had a lot of, like, suspenseful challenges, like, this season, for sure. Like, a lot of ones where you're watching and you're just, like, invested in it. Um, 
but the the, the challenge is like a, a, a like a three D maze, I guess you call it. And they have to uh, put these like call them salsa bowl looking <laughs> things onto the end of a uh, shuffleboard fork, and uh, they would that you you put it into the three D maze and you had to like move it upwards. And the whole maze is sitting on a spring, and then when you got it all the way out the top of the maze, then you stacked it on top of the maze itself. So if wind came, it might move it, or if you hit the sides, it would move it. And it just, like, it became this really interesting strategy game of, like, how high can I stack it so the wind won't be a factor, but also I need to beat these other people. Like, it just, I don't know, it was such a good, like, it was just just a really good game, or, like, Mm -hmm. challenge, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk. Not we don't need to eat up too much time talking about challenge design here, but it had the feeling to me of one where, in their mind, it was like, okay, like first one to stack it to thirteen, and this is going to be hard because if you bump it, it'll fall. And that what they didn't realize was like it's going to be hard because it's going to fall even if you don't bump it, and right. you're going to have to like now. There's this interesting strategic element. Of right. Where do you stall? Um, and, and that's really the best part of the game is yeah. like, and it was something that I'm sure was an oversight for yeah. them entirely. Yeah, I, that, it had the feel of that to me. Uh, so that happens. And then I found, I, I said this when we were watching it, but like the run up then to the vote, I think is evidence to me of why, like, every, you know, all due respect to Ken, but everyone other than Ken who's left in the game is like a really good survivor player, like in mm-hmm. all of the conversations leading up to tribal and then the pitches that are made at tribal, like I don't think anyone did anything wrong, right? Like Hannah like talked to Ken like an adult and like showed that like he she didn't even say like vote out David. She said like, listen, I know you're smart and capable and that you're gonna like choose the right choice, right? Which I think is totally the right Obviously, it worked, right? Because Ken voted out David is the right way to approach it, right? And David, on the other hand, I don't think could have done it differently either, where he basically, to some degree, did the same thing. He's like, listen, man, I trust you. I trust you. Uh, But he said it calmly. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that we're solid, right? And, like, because I think it would have been a a mistake for me, either of them, to be like, Ken, if you don't vote David out, you're, you're blowing your game, blah, 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 right? Yeah. I think it, it's a, just a testament to how good these players are. Um, and then that, like, carries over into Tribal Council, too. Scott, was there... We, like, mentioned as it was going the, like, conversations that were happening in Tribal and, like, how astute they were. Was there any, like, buddy who impressed you or, like, an argument that was made that was noteworthy? None in particular. I feel like everybody made the right argument. Yeah. Like, I feel like... You know, in Adam's case, it's like, you know, David's going to win. We need to get him out. And, you know, even like David saying, you know, I'm, you know, we're good. We're tight. I've been with Ken since day one. Like, I think everybody made the right arguments. Like, I don't know that anybody really stood out to me personally, but I could be wrong on that. Even like the small thing of Adam where he's like, there reaches a point where, you know, you need to like make decisions for yourself and your family is like just a... A small tinge in there to play on what, like, motivates Ken, right? Who knows if that has any effect, but it's, like, indication that this is somebody who's thinking. And, man, like, we've talked about Hannah a lot in the last um, couple bits, but, man, she, like, I think really plays this expertly again um, in how she talks with Ken and, and flips him onto their side. 
So now here we are, a uh, quick score update, and then we'll get our, our um, temperature on where things stand going into Final Tribal. Uh, Emily, you're still at 660. Sorry to, to report. I thought you were going to get another point there. Maybe. Scott, in the surprise of the, the season, is gaining ground a mere 100 points behind now. Um, gained over... Uh, I don't want to do the math right now. Has gained ground. And now going into Final Tribal, where every Final Tribal um, vote is worth 10 points... If it's a clean sweep for Scott, for either Ken or Hannah... I was going to say, he's, the most seems split between them. <laughs> <laughs> but if Adam gathers practically any votes, yeah. then it's, it's a shoe-in for Adam. Um, so that being said, going into Final Tribal, the final three for Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X are Ken, Hannah, and Adam. Um, hmm. I don't know if early on that was a group that we would have... Uh, pegged is this? Well, actually, we can look. Adam was the second pick of the draft. Um, it looks like Ken was one, two, three, four, five, sixth, and then Hannah was seventh. So they're both, they're all top-ish. Um, yeah, but picks. Scott was R and Jesus, so it was like That's true. it was totally yeah. random. But they were that high up. We'll just go around the room here. Give us. Um, your take on what you think is in store. Obviously, we haven't seen Final Tribal, and a lot is, if not determined at Final Tribal, you at least get a pretty a, a better picture of what the jury's thinking. But also, like Final Tribal pitches are very important too. Um, but before we reach that point, we'll just go around the room, Scott. If you want to go first, what's your where where do you see things um, right now? Um. I I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to like spoil anything for sure, you can abstain. Okay, um, I think it'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, now I know exactly who's gonna win. <laughs> Emily, what's your take on where things stand? Mm. <laughs> I feel like Adam's gonna win. I want. Well, I only need one point to win, so that's pretty obvious. I want. <laughs> Adam Klein. Yeah. I really want... I think I'd be happy if he or Hannah won. I just worry that Hannah's game has been so subtle that people won't see it. But she has been really close to people. So she does have a lot of friends on the jury, I guess. Maybe? I think most of Hannah's close friends are... are Ken and Adam and David. Yeah, and, I guess it's Which true. is the final force. And... So two of them are next to her, but I, I totally hear you. I love Ken, but I just don't think he is, has been the best player of the three. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he should be the winner. Yeah. I think I think I agree with you. The problem with Hannah is I, I think from the outset, unless she can like really articulate her game, which I think she's entirely capable of doing, because mm -hmm. um, she is an incredibly smart player. It looks like she rode David's coattails. Yeah. Hmm. But Adam didn't make a lot of people mad. But, and that's the thing is, like, people were really upset at Adam and his game. People felt like Adam was really just kind of all over the place all the time. It wasn't, like, a focused strategy necessarily. Um, 
I I could see. I feel like I'm leaning toward Adam. I could see Hannah if she articulates herself well, mm-hmm. and the jury buys into what she says. Yeah. As they should, because she's an incredible player. She mm-hmm. helped Adam get to this point. She really yeah. did. Yeah. Well, she she helped Zeke get to the point until he had to go. She helped David get to the point until he had to go. And Adam was only in the final because of Hannah. Yeah. Like, Hannah has run this game from the shadows and no one has paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, in Amazon, uh, what, what's her name? Oh, I, Jenna. 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 I can never remember <laughs> Jenna's name. But Jenna, Jenna won. And if you look at her point total, like, she should win. Like, she mm-hmm. did really, really well in the game. So, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe the jury comes through. Yeah, this is like a really interesting, you know, like obviously there's the human element of this, right? And like right. that these are all people and they have like preferences and biases, et cetera, et cetera. But if you like boil it down to a pure game perspective, like there's these things we've been talking about with these players all season, right? You've got Adam who's had a roller coaster season where the highs have been very high and the lows have been very low. He's made a lot of people mad. He's also inspired people... Who knows how people think about him and how they value that game. You have Hannah, like you said, who has been like quiet, but has not necessarily, he's played a very strong game, but done so in a way that's not very in your face. And also has kind of created this like goofy, silly persona, which may or may not be respected. And then similarly, there's Ken, who's like, Hannah says it herself, like plays by a different code as like this bygone era of survivor, loyalty, physical challenge, a guy who would win all the votes in season two of Survivor, <laughs> right? But it's season thirty-three, so yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and uh, that's that's the other thing about Hannah too, I guess, is like she kind of has uh, like Adam has his like personal storyline of like his mom is fighting cancer. It's always been a family thing to watch Survivor, and yeah. he left her to go do that with her blessing. So like this is his story, it's who he's fighting for. We know about Ken's daughter, but that's really about it. He's so, like, closed off. We don't really know that much of a story about him. And even learning that he has a daughter was kind of like, he has a daughter? Yeah. And Hannah really has, like, a very similar storyline to David. Mm. But it's not as, like, fleshed out and nuanced as David's storyline is. So it kind of gets, like, pushed to the wayside. Even though it is, like, as significant as she has overcome so much. And this anxiety, like, she has a panic attack watching a challenge and is in the final. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like such. Yeah, I I really hope that the jury sees Hannah for what she is. I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, with that, let's move into the home stretch of this season. Okay, we just watched Final Tribal. We've paused it before the reading. I guess the casting even of the votes. Crazy Final Tribal, as they often are. Um, before we reach the conclusion let's have a quick check-in how do you think everybody fared at final tribal who did well who did poorly and how do you expect now the votes to shake out emily are you interested in starting out uh yes so overall i don't think ken has a very strong chance yeah um i didn't think i mean you would just heard it from us but i don't think I thought he was the strongest player anyway, and I think that was solidified by just the way that the jury addressed questions to the other players, and they just didn't seem as interested in him, Um, which I think is fair in terms of gameplay. I think 
at first I was like, oh, I forgot that Adam can flail a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's going to say a bunch of stuff. And just, I said, oh, he's going to dig his own grave here. Yeah. Um, But actually, I think he ended up having a really strong showing. Mm -hmm. I think even there were clear jury members who were supporting him. Yeah. Um, I think Chris he gave did, his big stump speech. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Chris just went up there and was like, you all should vote for him. Mm-hmm. I think Hannah did a really good job. And I think she really tried to make her case. Mm-hmm. But I, for some reason that I, I, I not processed it yet, but I think Adam's case was just made stronger mm-hmm. collectively. Mm-hmm. But that's what happened. Scott, thoughts? Um, I kind of echo a lot of what Emily just said. Actually, I feel like Ken is kind of the third place afterthought mm-hmm. not afterthought but you know uh, continue to underestimate me yes. yeah um, <laughs> um i feel like adam made, made his case really well i feel like you know getting to answer the last question last and kind of throw out that like you know throw out the big info with the mom it's kind of like a big mm-hmm. big haymaker kind of right yeah, at the end yeah um i feel bad for hannah because i feel like you know chris completely overlooked her mm-hmm. yes. involvement in that and that kind of sucks yeah yeah um but I feel like she did the best she could, so... Yeah. So a lot of my thoughts echo my voice, but yeah. Adam? Uh, yeah, I mean... Can't, like I said, Kansas season one, two, three player, and that's really where he should have been, mm-hmm. and this doesn't... It's not really conducive to him this late in the season. Um, yeah, I think we also... I mean, to echo what Emily said, like, we saw Adam's kind of entire game right there where there was like some like good answers and then some flailing and then some like lashing out and then like this big haymaker at the end that really just like brings everyone home to like this is what he's here for and i mean like we said before hannah did her best to articulate her game and i thought she did a really good job but it didn't seem like the jury was giving her the credit that she actually deserves Mm -hmm. um yeah, it really, I mean, especially that Chris comment uh, that was basically like, Adam did this thing. Mm-hmm. And us watching it, like, we saw it was Hannah. Like, Hannah probably did the most to sway Ken in this direction. Yeah. And Ken also deserves credit for actually taking the step. So, yeah. like, yeah, Hannah really just, it's... I don't know. This this jury was, like, really wild, but it also kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, something we've talked about kind of throughout this season has been, like, the like the racial disparity in yeah, Survivor yeah. and also, like, the majority of the winners have been men. Yeah. And, like, this really, we just kind of had this moment of, like, there's this really great female player sitting in front of us that has just been dismissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it was so blatant of, like, right. Adam, great job on switching up Ken's game. Right. Right. Which... Yeah. Hannah was just like, she. I mean, she didn't get a chance to respond to that and say, but we saw it. She's the one who yeah. talked to Ken and had his right. trust. And more importantly, Chris was not there, so Chris has no idea. Exactly. exactly. So he, I don't feel like he's qualified to yeah. make that. And then especially right. for him to say, like, everyone should vote for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't know yeah. what happened. Well, and Hannah, like, sat there and explained, like, why it's more important for us to keep David around right now because I need to continue this relationship with with Ken, who is the most likely person to win the next challenge. Like, it's, it was such, like, she explained herself so well and just was not given the, like, credit that she deserves. Yeah. 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 I think maybe to, like, help put some language to some of it, I think that, yeah, like, there's certainly, like, a bias aspect here, right, that's, like, tough to ignore. I think that maybe what 
people are like latching onto though too is like Adam made it really clear for the last you know this whole finale episode and even the episode one or two prior where his whole thing became we have to get rid of David right and right. so maybe even if he wasn't the person to actually pull the trigger he made it clear that like his platform so to speak right. is David can't continue um, in a way that nobody else really did. So I think that from that perspective, you could see how the observers who aren't there in the game but are hearing him at Tribal repeatedly right. say, David has to go, David has to go, that they would realize, or they would make the assumption then, okay, David has been eliminated. It must have been Adam, right? Yeah. I think maybe um, that could be part of that. But yeah, it's also like, I said this earlier, but I think that Hannah really gets like a bad shake as far as like the way that she's um at least in this final tribal council right like isn't um at least recognized as much as um adam is from chris so we'll see how the the votes go of course but um yeah yeah and, and to be clear i don't think anyone in this room is calling every single person on this Jerry sexist, just sure. that there is a bias yeah. that is apparent in the numbers, and there's this very obvious moment right here. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's not given the credit she yeah. deserves. And yeah, she became the only, like, woman left in the game, like, a number of episodes ago. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like, it, when, when Sunday got voted out, mm -hmm. she was the second last woman mm -hmm. standing. Yeah, so. I'm sure. I think, like, how she's, like, I think what's interesting is I got, like, a bad taste in my mouth of, like, or was like, I've been processing how she made me feel in this episode. And it's like, I was like, I feel like she's coming off as super spastic or that like thing that she's trying to say that she's not anymore. But I think a lot of it is that she's being put in the defense by having to over represent herself because she's being, there is such a bias or there's just this assumption that she hasn't been playing the game. Mm -hmm. And we're in, in reality, she has called all the shots. She's been on the right side of the vote. She put all of those people in the jury is what she's saying. But I feel like that didn't come out clearly because she's having to say, no, 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 no. Like, right. She's right. starting from behind. Yeah. The line. Right. Yeah. Right. Her, all of her moves have been attributed to someone else already. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. And also, like, we talked about this from the beginning, too, is that, like, Hannah, as good as she's been in the second half of this game... Like, it's not just a perception. She, like, was right. <laughs> this way in the first half of the game, right? She, like, did come out really strongly as, like, tough to work with or trust because she, like, freaks out, <laughs> right? And, like, I think that that part of what we're seeing in the way that the jury talked to and about her is, like, that was, again, a persona that was created on her early on, and that's tough to, like break out of is is even though it doesn't fit her anymore and i guess yeah to devil's advocate myself like the whole thing with david is like look at the transformation you know yeah and like that could be true for her too but anyway shall we <laughs> read the votes <laughs> let's do it all right let's all right <laughs> Welcome back. We've just watched Final Tribal Council and the votes and some of the reunion show. Congratulations, of course, to Adam Klein, 
winner of Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. Um, we we will talk about the uh, the votes and the you know how everything shook out and the final tribal voting, but um, I think that Adam put together one of the more like interesting winning seasons that we've seen, right? And that it, his ups and downs were so clear. We've talked about this his whole time. Um, and it is sewn together by this like overriding story. At least who knows how much it actually affected the decision people had about who to vote for, right? I would guess minimally. But at least from a narrative TV watching perspective, right, we got this really like profound, um, inspiring story of like his motivation for playing, um, and like his driving force being, you know, his mom who was very sick at the time of his playing, um, culminating in a, in a really interesting and entertaining season and game, I think. So, um, yeah, let's talk about, uh, winner Adam Klein, who, <laughs> Again, we've like, and he was the first human selected pick of the draft. Um, one, the first pick not made by R and Jesus, right? Which Adam, you later then regretted because of oh, his yeah. <laughs> chaotic play. But here, you you drafted the winner, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's like talk about Adam's winning game um, and how maybe it stacks up against some of the other winners that we've seen and. Um, the level of, yeah, like, respect and uh, entertainment that you gained from it. Scott, what do you think about, about Adam's winning winning game here? Um, I thought he... I I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to find words right yeah. now, to be honest. I don't know. He had a lot of ups and downs, clearly. Um, I think that he was definitely... I don't know. It was just kind of perplexing. He was like... We saw him at the very bottom throughout the season. We saw him at the top. Yeah. Um, I think he aligned himself with good people at the end. Like he wouldn't get be there without Hannah. I yeah. fr- firmly believe that. Yeah. Um, I think he just played a good game, knowing when to move off of you know, you know, knowing when to kind of get rid of David. I think he was, if it was up to him, he would got rid of David like two or three rounds before. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought he played a good game. Um, we can argue whether he was the best player the whole season or not, but mm-hmm. he's the one who was there at the end. So yeah. For that, he wins. So, yeah, voting wise, uh, Adam's only misfires were the vote, um, Brett vote out, which was talked about a final tribal that we saw this episode, and then all the way back, other than the the tie, which is kind of a wash for everyone, and then it was the very first tribal council he went to where he voted for Figgy and Mari got voted out. Other than that, other than that, he had a clean record. Um, hmm. He voted correctly every time, and. Yeah, even though he, like, had some catastrophic-feeling moments for the most part, he, and this was one of his major arguments, you know, he, like, made mistakes, but he recovered from them pretty well, and I think that 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 rings true. He got, we didn't say this, he got all ten jury votes. It's a clean sweep. I think that's the part that makes us the weirdest to talk about. Yeah. Because he didn't deserve all ten. (laughs) It's, like, what it comes down to in my mind. Like, I think Adam played a really good game. I think it's valid if we crown him the, the winner of this particular game. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been valid if we had crowned Hannah, too. I think Ken was definitely a third-place player at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that Adam got all of the votes yeah. 
and Hannah didn't get any votes was just, like, really kind of sad in a way. Yeah. And, yeah, because I, I think, like, Adam, what we know about Adam is that he understands the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, to his detriment, he understands the game. Yeah. And what we know about Hannah is that, like, she, like, understood this game. Mm. Like, like, she wasn't looking at it. Like, she understood Survivor. She took it from that outside perspective. She also was like, what is happening in this moment? Yeah, like, what is this player right now can need from me? Yeah. So that way he makes the decision that I need him to make in the next round. Like, it, it was just so, like, it was so much more calculated, it seems like. Especially now looking back. I don't I don't think we gave Hannah credit in mm-hmm. over the course of this season. But, like, looking back, like, she really did play this really calculated game Yeah, that I don't think we can say about Adam as much as like he just managed to not get voted out a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. I think like what I'm thinking about right now is I think you're totally right. Like if you were to ask me, okay, who is a more deserved, who should win this season? Like Adam or Anna? I think I say Adam, you know, but I think it's close. Like, right, and, and that's, yeah. I think it's 7 3 6 4, not 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no issue with Adam actually winning the season, I think, like, to be perfectly clear. Like, yeah. he played a good game. Yeah. It's just like, to win 10 0 is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, again, maybe the problem for Hannah, other than the things we've talked about, is that her, probably her two biggest advocates potential advocates on the jury are sitting next to her at final yeah. yeah. That's true. You know? That's how tight to... she played the game, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. she, she brought to the final who she wanted to bring to the final, the people that she was closest to. Yeah. It's just like... Do you think he won because of his mom's cancer? So this is a thing, right? This is a thing in, like, the survivor world, right? Is that the, the people on the internet may, you know, some people have said or will say that, like, Adam, quote-unquote, used his story to win, right? Or, like, he only won because he had a good story. Which I reject, you know? I don't think that that's true or fair. Well, he Um, didn't play it the whole time. Yeah. Right. And I think it's reductionist, too. Um, But the other side of it is that, you know, like, this was Ken's whole thing. These are real humans playing this game. Yeah? Yeah. And so, like, even if it wasn't his intent, or even if consciously jury people didn't think I'm voting for Adam because of like how good his story is maybe it does like subconsciously affect things right but again like I don't think it's fair to like discredit him if that does play like a small role I think that that would if anything explain him getting all 10 votes Uh I think that he was definitely a candidate to win if people didn't know that story. And mm-hmm. he definitely did not use that story. And he didn't even like hold that story and then share it to get votes. Like it sure. it very naturally came up. It did, yeah. Like he, well, he was not. Well, he could have talked about it earlier with Jay and he didn't like. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So he was definitely not trying to capitalize on that at all. And obviously, like you can see that because that, I mean, that's like he said at the end there when we watched, he was like, mm-hmm. this is my life and yeah. y'all are watching. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think that that, I just think. Because I was just thinking about it, too. Like, I think Adam has been very up and down. He's been very sporadic at times when I've looked at him during this season and just been like, what are you doing? Like, you are digging a big hole for yourself if you would just calm down and not talk or, like, just not freak out about this. But I I would guess that when people finally heard 
him explain more of mm. his motivation and what he's been dealing with without them knowing it. It yeah. gives a lot of color to that yeah, for them to one. then say, yeah. oh, like you've made some questionable choices, sure. but we didn't realize maybe the motivation. And for you to have gotten to this point mm-hmm. with that weighing on you this whole time. Yeah. I think that that's a good reason to yeah. see him win because he yeah. he really fought through a lot of stuff and people didn't necessarily see it. I think your average Survivor fan would call, like, Adam an average Survivor winner, you know? And also, like, I've, I've met and talked to, like, plenty, like, a non-zero amount of people such that it's a data point that, like, really don't care for Adam, you know? And I think it, it stems from that sort of thinking is, like, yeah, he won because of his story or whatever. Um, but I really like Adam. If that wasn't, like, clear over the course of this series, um, I think a lot of it has to do with he, maybe more than any other Survivor winner, is, like, the person that a Survivor fan can watch and, like, put yourself in his shoes, right? You could be like, man, that could be me. Like, he's the super fan who's, like, not especially great at anything survivally or physical or whatever, but, like, just is in awe of the game and knows it really well and is, like, having a fun time playing for the most part. And I find, like, his style of play, like, really fun to watch, too, and that he does take huge swings. He's, like, he's... I think I made this comparison earlier. He's Joey Gallo for our baseball fans out there who is going to lead the league in strikeouts and also in home runs, right? Like, he's going to make tons of big mistakes but also, like... Lots of exciting big plays. And that's fun to watch. Um, But also, like I've said this this episode, I think that Hannah is, like, criminally underrated and under-recognized, too. She played an exceptional game. And it's like, I can't even, like, blame the edit, right? Like, I think that it was really clear, especially in this back half of the season, that, like, she is a power player. And, like, I, you know, have to... (laughs) analyze my own like biases that I had in 2013 when I watched this and like didn't recognize that right but like now watching it thinking like shoot she was like an exceptional player um yeah I wish that I don't know if she is interested in playing again but I'd love to see her play again she hasn't to this point so um yeah Hannah I think is deserving of a lot of recognition too like we have said oh boy what else on this season? Ultimately, this is the fourth season that we've watched. Um, we, I think we had a little ranking going on. We did. We put it next to the official, didn't we? Or the quote-unquote official? Maybe. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll start it here. Is that what the green is? Mm, those are the ones we've watched. Anyway, what let's... See how this, what, how does this season stack up for y'all compared to some of the other ones that we've, um, that we've watched? I think that maybe we came to the conclusion last time that we talked that Kagiyan is probably like our clubhouse favorite, followed by Pearl Islands, followed by Amazon, right? Can we put nothing? A lot of times and then Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amazon didn't hold up as well as I thought it would. <laughs> so how does Millennials vs. Gen X stack up for you 
um, compared to some of these other seasons that we've seen? I think I would put it like right behind Kageya, Kageya yeah. for me personally. I love me some Tony Vlachos. <laughs> yeah. So for that reason, I put that one number one. Kageya's tough to beat. It is, but I would put this one like right, right there with it. I'd probably slide it in ahead of Pearl Island. Yeah. Personally. Emily, Adam, what do you think? I personally like this one. I don't know if I'd rank it number one, but it would be up there mm-hmm. because I think we've seen, it's just so different. Like I have not, my understanding of Survivor, because I haven't watched a lot, but when I watched it, I was very little. I was yeah. with my family. It was in the early O's. And the game really does change so much through the years yeah, that sure. seeing this was just like, oh my gosh, this is such a different game. It's yeah, so yeah. interesting because it's nothing that I have an understanding of. So mm. I liked that aspect of it. Yeah. I I like, I want to slot it above Kageon. Interesting. But gosh, that ending just kind of like, like Adam getting 10 of the votes is really like unsettling to me for whatever reason, even though I think like Adam winning is a good choice, a good yeah. decision by the jury. And that like, whereas like Kageon, like, Tony winning by like a landslide. Like that was fine. Like, yeah, yeah he should win. That like, it's not right. It's no contest. Like yeah. it's an outright victory. But this was like, I don't know, like it felt like such a great buildup and then like it not actually have any kind of duke out in the final mm-hmm. vote was really kind of like, oh. Yeah. Like I, I think that like that's the thing that I like I would slot it below Kagayan just because of that ending. It's yeah. it's a little anticlimactic. Yeah. And and what this season lacks, it's very good, but it lacks that, like, marquee winner. You know, right. like, again, Adam Klein is one of my favorite survivors. I love watching him play. But when you talk about the best winners ever of Survivor, like, Adam Klein's probably not on your list. You know, yeah. He's probably, like, a top third, top half, mid-tier type winner, right? In the same, like, obviously, Tony Vlachos is somebody that you're having that conversation about, as is, like, Sandra from Pearl Islands. You're not yeah. having that conversation about Jenna Maraska. Well, and <laughs> but, per Zeke's question, too, when the jury was asking questions, he was like, what have you done to advance the strategy of this game? Yeah. I think that those other winners probably did contribute to the evolution yeah, of the game. And Adam was a really great player, and he was very strategic, but I, I wouldn't say that he necessarily, like, mm-hmm. completely... Right. Well, and that's, like, an yeah, I, I would say, like, Hannah was much more, like, without knowing what the previous seasons, like, leading up to Hannah are, really, mm-hmm. like, Hannah really played an incredibly strategic game that I think is a really interesting one, but the problem is if you can't, like, if you don't have the resume, as Will would say, going to the you end. You can't show it. It's yeah. really difficult to pull off a victory with that strategy, even though it is incredibly effective. So, yeah, I, it's... Yeah, Tony really changed the game in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony does appear in Game Changers. Good. We're not going to watch it, though, because it sucks. I'm going to watch it on my own and start my own podcast. No, don't do that. That's just, just called Game Changers. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> 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 any any other lasting closing thoughts on Survivor Millennials versus Gen X? I enjoyed this rewatch. This remains a season I think that I'm higher on than a lot of other like Survivor fans. This is 
definitely top ten for me. Like, maybe, probably not top five. I'd put it, like, in between five and ten, I'd say. But I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, w- I mean, this is, like, this is a really good season. If you haven't watched Survivor in a while, like, since the old stuff, like, I think this is a really good place to jump in. Yeah. I think Kagayan's a really interesting season, but I feel like we almost watched it too early mm. now that we're sort of, like, really learning more about the strategy of the game. Um, or maybe Kagayan, like, led to a lot of that, though. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think, like, Millenn- or, yeah, Millennials vs. Gen X is a really good season to jump in on if you haven't watched Survivor in a while and want to, like, kind of pick it up and see why it's been running for 40 seasons or yeah. whatever it's up to now. That's a good point. Oh. This one or... Um, Survivor David vs. Goliath. Both two recent seasons that are chef's kiss. <laughs> okay, let us go ahead and tie the bow on our fantasy game. There's really no suspense here. Um, Adam... Except for what the trophy looks like. Yeah. yeah. Adam picks up 100 points in <laughs> final <laughs> um, Garbage. That was our mail-in vote. That yeah. was our yeah. mail-in vote. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Dave's coming up and yeah. Adam swoops in. <laughs> Sadly, no votes in Final Tribal for Ken or Hannah. So depressing. Hannah's a, add her to the list of robbed goddesses, for sure. Um, the final score this season in third place with 630 points is Scott... And the Motor Moron Tribe. And second place with 660 points is the Avocado Notos Tribe. And taking home this participation trophy, this is three out of four now for Adam, is Adam's Apple Squares with 830 points. Congratulations. <laughs> you, can, you can unveil. You can undo that. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> the participation trophy for our listeners, there's a goat. On it. It's a goat! Yes. But is that... It's not movie? It's not the greatest of all time. It's the... <laughs> it's oh, the goat goat. You, go, you got brought to the final. Yeah. <laughs> is it goat like Tony or goat like Ken? <laughs> goat like Ken. Goat <laughs> like season four participant. That feels like the lyric to a hip-hop song. Yeah. Like goat like Tony or goat like Ken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. It says season four for Yes, I just said that. <laughs> Adam, um, your tribe was carried, of course, by Adam, who was your first overall pick. Um, winning these 100 points at the end was going to make it tough for you to lose no matter what. But you're also carried by David, who was the second highest point getter in this season, tied with Ken. Um, they both pulled 210. Ken won a lot of immunities. Yeah, I did. Um, and adding those together, it was it was pretty tough for anyone um, to overcome you. What do you think, you know, other than drafting the person who won a shutout victory was the key to this, this win? Uh, I mean, the key to this game is to find people that go deep in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost a lot of people kind of early on. That but but the two people that did bring it far into the game were really good participants, I guess. Powerhouses. Um, yeah, powerhouses. Like people are gonna vote together. I'm 
Yeah, there was. I was genuine. I thought David was the one who was going to carry me. I thought Adam was going to be mm. out long ago. Mm. Um, so I'm genuinely surprised, actually, that I, I beat Emily in this. But I am genuinely impressed. <laughs> yeah, you had like the two best players in the whole season. Yeah, you did. I did. So it's hard to hard to compete with that. Well, yeah. and the problem with that is like halfway through, the, we're all afraid to trade anybody yeah. because <laughs> like you don't know what's going to happen. And like halfway through the season, you're looking at Adam. David is like looking pretty good, so I was yeah. like, I'm gonna yeah. keep him. But I'm looking at Adam like this garbage player. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to keep him. But what if he wins? I was wondering for a minute, like early in the season, Scott, if you having both Ken and Hannah, like the other two members of the final three, was gonna pull you in contention, but just didn't get enough out of them in the point scoring department until yeah. the end there. Yeah, like I said, it's tough to quantify, like, social game and, like, yeah. what Hannah did. You know, it's hard right. to put points on that. Well, and when, when someone wins a sweeping victory with ten votes from the jury, it's like... Yeah. You're going to win no matter Yeah, what. it's basically yeah, just that. Like, yeah. And again, like, I think I like that about our scoring. And, the, the, again, the point is to draft the winner, you know? Right. Yeah. And so... If you have the winner, you should, like, be handsomely awarded. Right. Yeah. Well, so, especially if you have the winner who is... I mean, like, in this case, like, he won 10 votes. Like, having the yeah. winner where it's, like, you win six votes and the other person wins four votes. But, like, yeah, sure. you know, you, you can still beat that person. Yeah. Just in this case. So, to quote Zeke, heartiest congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke is a legend. Um, Zeke. And that will go ahead and close the book on Outwatch Season 4 covering Millennials versus Gen X. But folks, don't go anywhere because soon in your feeds, it's time for Season 5 of Outwatch. And Wait, we're, do, we're doing more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your contract is <laughs> for five seasons. Um, in which the subject will be Season 15 of Survivor, Survivor China. Now, Exciting. we're going back in time, taking a big step back. This aired concurrently with Kid Nation. Yeah. series. That was when we watched Kid Nation and it said Survivor China Greg, in the bottom corner. Yeah. Can Greg be on it? Is Greg going to be on it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Greg moved from one ABC or CBS reality show to the other. Um, what is interesting and noteworthy about Survivor China is that for the like era that it's in, this is this is a good, not exceptional season, but we're introduced to a number of players. This is an all new B player season. A number of players that become like pretty well known Survivor quantities, and I picked this one because what makes it like interesting and noteworthy has less to do with the game of survivor that's played that being said like it's it's still like especially for its time like a solid season strategy wise and more for like the production of the show and that i i believe i'm like checking my notes now i think this was the first u.s tv show ever fully shot in china um, and it's, like, well kind of, like, regarded as the season with, like, the best location, like, in the way 
that they use the location and like go to different areas and like theme it in in the um, the destination. Um, yeah, and I think that that'll be an interesting like change of pace to like take in from a, a TV perspective some of those things that are that are a little bit different. So um, yeah, I'm excited to do this one. This is one that um, I haven't watched since it originally aired. God knows how many years ago. So should be exciting. Um, no surprises in it. Zero. No sexism or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Surely not. Don't, none of that. <laughs> it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Literally. 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 $1,000. Oh, that show. Um, CBS gave the season's immunity idol to actor Neil Patrick Harris for his 37th birthday. There's some trivia for you. What? <laughs> okay. Shoot up. Did he turn 37 in 2007? Apparently. That's How old is that guy? That's false. That can't be true. Now. Maybe it was like years later. Like it was his favorite so. honorary degree or something. This was in the probably in the height of How I Met Your Mother, right? Two thousand seven ish. Probably. Neil Patrick Harris is forty seven years old. Which means that thirteen years ago he would have been thirty four. Thirty four. Alright, time to fact check the survivor <laughs> wiki. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that should do it. Um, thank you, loyal listeners, for listening to this season. We're so grateful for your listenership. Um, like I said, make sure to stay on, subscribe, um, check out listener support so that we don't have to pay for ads on CBS All Access. And next time on Outwatch, we will begin our journey into Survivor Season 15, Survivor China. We'll see you then. Thank you.